Greetings. My name is Jeff. I'm Kim. And I'm Tom. And we are three old Reds fans, and we are here sitting around a coffee table in my living room on a rainy Saturday morning doing our first episode of the Three Old Reds Fans podcast. We how we get started doing this because we talk about the Reds all the time. We we text about it. We sit and watch games and text and text and text, and we talk about it. Um, you think we'd have more better things to do with our life, but apparently we don't. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, so Kim, how long have you been a Reds fan? I've been a Reds fan for approximately forty-seven, forty-eight years. Okay, and then you didn't grow up in Ohio. No, I was a little boy in South Carolina, and I was a uh, Cub Scout. The only year I was a scout. Uh, we didn't play football enough, so I quit after one year. And the scouts had a magazine. Y'all may remember it's called Boys Life. Yeah. Yeah. And on the cover of Boys Life, there's this Reds player looking up, and he's got a face uh, face mask in his right hand, and he's looking up. Obviously, a foul ball, and it was Johnny Bench. Yeah. And I read the article on Johnny Bench and the Reds, and ever since, and it's a little boy in South Carolina. So back then, your option was probably the Atlanta Braves, who back then were incredibly bad, yeah. and so I liked Cincinnati. That was my team. That's good. I can respect you, you that a as a guy now from Ohio. Yeah, I, yeah, he made a good choice. I remember having a Boys Life magazine. I think it had Dave Concepcion on the cover. <laughs> well, back remember. in the 70s, man. I don't, remember, I don't remember the, uh, the, the bench one, so... And Tom, he comes by it pretty honestly. Yeah, I grew up in, born and raised in Cincinnati. I remember going to Riverfront as a kid watching the Big Red Machine in the 70s. Yeah. Did you go to Crosley? No, never went to Crosley. And uh, in fact, I can remember one of my earliest memories of going to a game was a packed Riverfront to see the Reds play in the Dodgers because that was a rival member in the West. In El West. And they packed out the stadium for a regular season game. That doesn't happen anymore. Not much, not much. Opening day, that's about it. Yeah, <clears throat> Yeah. well, I, I grew up in Dayton area, so Reds were always the team, and I uh, used to go to games all the time. I actually went to Crosley once <clears throat> when I was probably five years old. Don't remember it, but they tell me I was there once. That's cool. So, what, was it 70 or 72 when they switched over? Well, 70s when it opened. Cause 70. They had, they, they had the D-Rose, Ray Fossey, yeah, yeah, they yeah, all started yeah. in there. And it didn't open. It wasn't open opening day. No. They, oh, they, I didn't know they that. They moved in like a month later or something like that. So trivia, I went to the last game ever at Riverfront. Oh. Brought my whole family. And I don't know if you remember that year, they tore the whole left field stands out to make room for Great American. So I brought the whole family. We were excited. It was the days of Ken Griffey Jr. being there. Yeah. And guess what? Griffey didn't show up the last game of the season. He was he wasn't even in the stadium. He went home, which kind of got me ticked off because, you know, my son my son came to watch him and yeah, wasn't even in the stadium. Was it the Synergy Field then? Probably the Synergy Field. Yep, yes. that's right. And yes. didn't they have partial astroturf and partial grass? Towards no, the actually, end? Barry Larkin said said I wanted the turf regular grass so bad he was willing to pay for it himself before the season. Obviously, he didn't, yeah. and they put in grass, but. So they had grass the last, at least the last year. Last, yeah, near the end. So, well, cool. So that's our history as Reds fans a little bit. So what about these guys right now? We were so excited, even though we knew better. And now as We were very excited. Now they are who we thought they were, right? Well, They're in last place today. And this today is, is April 29th. Yes. So they lasted almost a month. Yeah, almost. Hey, they're only two and a half games out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that's that's a, that that makes me uh, that gives that brings hope. That's right. So, oh well, you know, they're going to have some good time, up times, bad down times, and so forth. I mean, that's going to happen. But got know. a tough schedule coming up too to be to be able to make up that two and a half. They got the Giants and the Yankees coming up. Giants are struggling. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Giants have been struggling. They'll probably get hot. It's probably what will happen. Right before they come, right before they come in. Yeah, you're right. The Giants are 9-15. Yankees, yeah. Yankees have pulled out a big one last night. So the other day I texted. I said, we were discussing whatever we were discussing about the Reds. And I said, hey, how many games is this team going to win this year? And I waited for you guys to answer. So what was your answer, Kim? My answer was 70 to 76. Yeah. Yeah, we all said in the 70s. And you were... Somewhere in the 70s. I said, 78's the number that's stuck in my head, maybe 77. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, anything over that would be kind of gravy at this point. I mean, with all the issues they've had and so forth. So, so what um, do you think about Brian Price? What kind of job do you think he's doing with this young team? I mean, what a hand he's been dealt, huh? Well, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I you know, I think there's a lot of... Uh, I, I'm guessing, you know, he's the field manager, but I think... I have to believe that him and Dick Williams and all these other guys in the front office have really. I feel they made up, came up with a game plan, a battle plan for this season, batting lineup, pitching, what to do with guys, where to play them, how long to give them. So you think it's and all so scripted? I, so I think there's a lot of scripting. That's just what I think. That's, I mean, you know, what's the biggest thing you've been arguing about in the last week in the batting order? Why is Cozart not hitting second? Right, and he did yesterday. But was that because Mesoraco came back? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see today, I guess. Yeah. We'll go back to your question. Your original question just yeah. now. Yeah. What do we think of Price? Uh, the last year they made the playoffs, right around then, I, I, I am convinced that if Price were the manager instead of Dusty Baker, the Reds would have won at least one season. Let it go. Let it go. I can't. I can't. He's a Dusty hater. No, no, I wasn't a Dusty hater. But I, I just vividly remember Ryan Ludwig coming up in a crucial time, one out, runner on first, outside pitch, ground ball short, double play, constantly. Granted, when Votto went down, I think this was 2012, when Votto went down with that knee injury, Ludwig played phenomenally. I think he finished with like 25 homers and yeah. 79 ribbons. Yeah. But that was the only time he played well. And when Billy came up, Dusty only used him strictly in a pinch running role. The next year, uh, I think Dusty was gone. Price was the manager. I'm convinced if Dusty would have been the manager, Billy would have been in minor league ball. And the thing I liked about, I have liked about Price, and he has been dealt with an incredibly bad team. He will make changes and won't think twice about it. We're talking about the batting order. Other than he and Madden from Chicago, he'll bat Billy. He last year, what a good three months. Billy batted ninth yeah. after the pitcher. I like I like he's willing to. He would <laughs> shuffle guys back and forth. Votto would be anywhere from two to three, maybe four. Jay Bruce when he was with the Reds, if he was hot, three or four. When he wasn't, you'd get down to seven. Uh, our second baseman, who's no longer with us, Brandon Phillips, same thing. He showed I am going to try to do something. To make changes, I like Price. I would like to see Price at the helm with a good team. Mm-hmm. My humble thoughts. He's a baseball guy, right? I mean, he's he's 
Tim Fu minor league. He's in a major league team. Well, what I mean by that is like you know Dusty Baker was a player that became a coach, but Price has just been up through the ranks. Well, I mean Dusty had a lot of success. He had a lot of good players. He had some good players at times and so forth. He had a lot of success, but as a a manager and as a player in in major league baseball, or even in any pro sport, the honeymoon is pretty short for a coach, and you know you get. You know, you know, you get hired, you get fired, right? So, I mean, it happens. Um, I think the test will be when Price has a, a healthy, decent starting five, and they figured out, and, and a good top of the order, because right now the top of the order is just bleh. I mean, Billy doesn't. Last night, we're watching the game. And Billy, Con- they had eight, the eighth, eighth inning, inning. They had runners on first and, first and second. second, two outs. You just scored four runs. You're making it a game. And Billy, here comes Billy. A relief? Uh, was it a new reliever comes in? I don't know. But Billy gets up and, and first Kim, pitch. Kim texts, "We need Billy to do something here, whatever." And I said, "He'll probably pop up." <laughs> and like ten seconds later, boop, there he goes. The thing is, if, he's, if you get a choice, you want him to pound the ball on the ground. You know, and he knows that he's been doing it a ton last year. At the end of last year, he was really working on that, getting on base. Obviously, right now he's slumping. But the Omar Marino, that's you know, you want him to I hit. Think, kind of I like think if maybe Vince um, Coleman, Vince Coleman, maybe I think there was something to my theory about the script, but probably at some point the script the scripts are you got to revise scripts, right? And it's that fluid. Happens. Yes, it has to be fluid to some point. So maybe maybe they've been waiting on Mesrocco to come back. So they felt like they had something, somebody who could hit in the bottom of the order. Cozart will move up. And maybe it's time to move Peraza down mm-hmm. and say, "Go, to, we're going to move you down here take a little pressure off. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that works at times, but, you know, long term is what matters. I mean, we, you know, that's what this season's about, to see if Peraza can, I mean, they give up a lot for him. You know, you think they've got some of the guys in the lineup that, that are playing that you, you're not sure whether they should be or are they the answer in Peraza and and Shebler and guys like that, they're in these lineups, and they came in trades. And so you you gave up something for them, and you got to really be sure. You can't just, you know, quickly dismiss that. Yeah, how much is enough? Well, I don't know. That's well, you know, Willie Mays went, what, 0 for 26, and then did what he did to start his career. Not that any of these guys are Willie Mays by any stretch, but, you know, the, the, that's the... I would think one season is enough of a test. Can be <laughs> really well. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to play your best. You don't have to be a great player that first season, but you got to show. And I think that's where, you know, Peraza was pretty good the second half last year. So he, you talk about okay. You you mentioned Jeff. Okay, we're going to get you out of this spot in the lineup. Get you down here. Take the pressure off. The bench is a great motivator, right? Oh, if yeah. you're if you're an athlete and you play, the bench is a great motivator. Also, your spot in the lineup is a great motivator. Yeah. If you've been a one or two guy and all of a sudden you move down to the seven, you've been demoted. If you're any kind of an athlete who's a competitor, you've been demoted. And I, I think last year, I can vividly remember when Billy came back from the nine spot to the leadoff spot. Remember who was leading off last year? Brandon for a while. And who else? Zach. Yeah. Because yeah. Zach, I remember reading, Zach said, I was just holding his spot until he came back. And that little comment right there is just telling you we recognize we want to be in a spot. We want to be. You even said last night in the text, Tom, who who, should, who are your best three hitters? Where should they hit? Up top of the lineup. And I'm hoping that with Peraza, 
moving down or whoever moves down, it gets their attention. Getting benched, getting moved, gets your attention, it gets you focused, and it gets you to do the little things, the discipline that you need to do. Billy popping up is without excuse. See, and that's my point on your best three hitters being the first three hitters. It happened last night. Crucial part of the game, right? Come back in, in process. Mm-hmm. He steps up, and he's not one of our best. Would you rather have Cozart, Votto, or Billy up? Well, not right. Billy at this point. Not Billy at right. this point. Well, not especially when, you know, I, I'd be interested to know what Billy's stats are with runners on base versus bases empty, but probably not probably not much better because he's been leading off and not doing much. But, you know, yeah, you would. You'd, Although, rather, you'd who, rather have guys like that. Who's the third best hitter we have? Is it Suarez? Right now? Mm. Right now, maybe Votto. Third best? Well, just strictly strictly well, looking at average living in, for a well, living in the moment, yeah, but but long term, Votto's your best hitter. Yeah, Cozart's a top four guy on this team. The way he's been showing, I would say Suarez. Suarez could be maybe, um, and then you know, you, we you know the jury obviously is out on Duvall a little bit because of how he finished last year, and yeah, and and Shevler hasn't had a full season yet to really know. <laughs> So, we don't know. Let's talk about Shebs. Yeah, Shebs. Shebler always what you, comes up. What are your up? thoughts on Shebler? I love Shebs. <laughs> why, do you, why do you love him? Well, I I think... No, no, no. I, I, you I, talk to him. Let's well, be yeah, honest. I met the guy. <laughs> Give him a story. The I met the guy. Yeah, I do some freelance writing for the Dayton Daily News, and I uh, got to interview him at the Reds Caravan. He was very nice and gracious to me, and uh, uh, we were we had done the interviews in the back of a... In the Air Force Museum, I'd done some stuff, and then I still needed to talk to him, and it was time to walk up to where they were going to do their big caravan deal, you know, the big show. And I said, hey, can I talk to you while we walk? Yeah, that's fine. So we walked, and we got there, and he he stopped and was going to finish answering a question when they got there. And, of course, one of the Reds, you know, uh, media relations people grabbed him and said, he's got to go. He's got to get up here now. You know, like, like I was... Creating some kind of controversy. Did he have his mouthpiece? Mouthpiece? No, we were interviewed. No, no. no, I was wondering if he had it no, in no, his no, mouth. He was not in. Uh, trying to do the not, He was not in uniform. Okay, <laughs> but no, he was a nice guy. But you know, hey, he's a red. I want, I'm rooting for him. Okay, I, want him so I want him to do well. Aside I think, from your personal relationship, I'm not on the field. I think. I think it's too early to say he's the answer, and it's too early to say he's not. So I think, I mean, right now. Since in recent days, he's as good a hitter as they got. Where do you finish? In last recent year? days, you're talking like two games. No, Jeff. No, 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 about four no, or five. No, no, I'd say no, four. So uh, this is interesting for Red Leg Nation. Yeah. Says his walk rate is an excellent nine percent. <laughs> Which I guess that's excellent. Nine percent. Nine point three. It is here. I'm looking on. And to put that number into perspective, the only only one hitter in baseball, David Ortiz. Had an ISO above 278 last year. Shebler's ISO, which is Isolated Power Index, uh-huh. is 351. Yeah. yeah. What does I, that even mean? It isolated means, power. It means, it means when he hits. Well, the game's been postponed today. Today. today? Yeah. All right. Well, we, well, we won't lose. No. <laughs> <laughs> postponed indefinitely? No, postponed. Oh, postponed. Postponed. I mean, as in, like they called it off for the whole. Yes. Not in, just in a delay. So postpone me. Oh, I'm just kidding. They're not playing today. Not playing that, today. Does that help uh, at all? At all. <laughs> wow. Right, well, right now, unusual. right now, walk percentage on the team. Like how many percent? Is that what you're talking about? How much percentage they walk? Yeah. 
uh, at the starters, um, the guys that have been playing, Cozart, 16%, 16.3, Suarez, 11.2, Votto, 11.1, Shebler, 9.3, Duvall, 6.6, Barnhart, Hamilton, all in the sixes, and Peraza, 2.2. That's Peraza. So who did you say was first for walks? Jeanette only walks, Cozart, and Jeanette only walks 6.3. 2%. He was hitting seventh in the order. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, we'll get to the eighth batter. Texas the other night, lost that bats. His on-base percentage is, um, I mean, he's he's on base at 475 right now, which is not going to hold. I mean, he's not going to finish that high, but he's still going to have a good on-base percentage by the end of the year. Okay, so let's talk about Votto. Votto always has been highest on-base percentage, always highest well, in walks. Hit, well, here, it, well, here's one thing to look at. I mean, he's hitting... Votto's hitting 247 right now. His on base is 333. So it's roughly 90 points higher, almost 90 points higher. Um, Cozart is 90 some points higher on base to batting average. Um, Suarez is about 80. What's Sheb? Shebler is about, right about 80% difference. So as they, I think what that, what the reason I make that point is, as the batting average goes up, the on-base is going to go up, and, and uh, probably far enough into the season to kind of see what that gap's going to be. And that's a pretty decent gap. Whereas a Peraza, he's at, he's, bat, he's batting 227, and his on-base is 261. Ugh. Billy is 211 and 258. Ugh. I mean, so that's the problem. 258. Ever since we decided Drew Stubbs was the answer, we haven't had a good lead <laughs> off there. Or we've had guys we put in there who really should have been hitting in other spots. Who's the last really good leadoff hitter the Reds have had? I don't know. Was it Bip? Maybe Bip. When they went when they went wire to wire, who was the leadoff? Good question. Because um, Barry was third, right? You had, well, you had well, Eric Davis probably would have been fourth. Davis batted fourth. Hatcher was on that team. Billy Hatcher was probably, probably a leadoff second. guy. I think Hatcher was oh, a really? leadoff guy a lot. I know we'd have to look that up. We don't. Have, uh, yeah, I can wasn't Herm Winningham. No, he it had to be some. I don't think you can win a championship without a good leadoff batter. Yeah, they don't be great, right? But they need to get on base. They can just get on base. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So you know, I love Shebs, and, and we're going to see what happens with that. Shebler will be a topic on every podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not ready to. It's, you don't give up on that guy. It's way too soon. I'm not saying he's the, he's the answer, but I think he could be a really good productive hitter. And I think I think right, he, hold, he has, quantify he has really good productive hitter. Quantify that. Give me an average I, to start with. A batting average? Yeah. Uh, I think anybody that hits over 250 and then does a lot of other things can be a super help to a. What's a lot of other things like a lot of RBIs? Well, guys who knock guys who hit for, productive um, extra base hits. Extra base hits are huge, and get and 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 getting on base, slugging, and on base and stuff. I think matters, and and batting average matters, but really, even, um, it, it's it's what you do with it, and strike out, and not striking out too much, you know. I think you want your right fielder in the middle of the lineup, though, right? You want him four, five, six, seven, maybe yeah, not, maybe four, five, been, six. Might have been Duncan. He might have been the leader. Mariona Duncan. Um, I'm looking at their. Hatcher, Hatcher Duncan. I think well, Hatcher was Oliver, one of Duncan's Oliver was the main catcher. Benzinger played first, mostly for most of the first base. Duncan was at second. Larkin is short. Sabo third. Hatcher, Davis, and O'Neill in the outfield. Hal Morris played in 107 games that year as well. Glenn Braggs played in 72 games. 
So I think I think I think Duncan bat, batted a lot of lead off that year, hmm. as I recall. So that's just, but I'm not. Does it have his average? Duncan batted. Uh, he batted 306 that year. Wow. His on base was 345. There you go. If he was his there. OPS was 821, which is really strong for a leadoff hitter. I mean, he had 10 home runs. So, you know, that team was interesting because there were no 30 home run guys on that team. Sabo hit 25. Davis only hit 24. Davis only played 127 games. Of course, he you know he's always hurt somewhere along the line. And Neil hit 16, but that was before they. It wasn't every day. Yeah, he played 145 games that year. He, but didn't he play two with Bragg? He had 564 at bats. That played uh, 503 at bats, and Bragg's had 201. So he played most of the time. So, but we also remember the postseason vividly. And Braggs was Braggs played pretty well in the postseason. Braggs he caught that one ball against the walls in right field because yeah. the Reds ended up the, the pitching was phenomenal that game. Yeah, yeah. And he with his back up against the wall and that wall moved when he hit it, but yeah. right on the walls, good yeah. catch. Yeah. So you know that lineup uh, was certainly better than the one we have now. Um, but all right, know, so the jury's got, still out on Shepard. It's, oh, sure. It's, I think it's out on a lot of guys on this team. It's out on Hamilton. It's out on Peraza. Um, it's out on Duvall. It's out on Shebler. Okay. I think Suarez is legit. Is Suarez, Suarez, we need a very good, productive year from Suarez. When he first came over in the Simon yeah. trade, and he played, remember where he played that mostly that year? Shortstop. Yeah. And none of us knew who he was or anything. Right. But here's what I do remember. Jimmy Leland. Advise. He was a special counsel. He advised, do not trade Suarez. Hmm. Do not trade. And so that told me enough right there. I like this guy. Yeah. And he came in and he batted really well, played yeah. very decent at shortstop. Last year was a letdown. We need him to hit no lower than 280, hit about 20 to 25 home runs, have a good slugging percentage. And if he, if we can do that, and have production like we are right now yeah. from Cozart. And when I say Cozart, if Cozart can hit 280, I'm happy. Because I can remember three-plus years ago, he and Jay Bruce were the kings of swinging at that breaking pitch coming in at your ankles mm-hmm. and striking out. And I can remember saying if Cozart would hit 260, I would be happy. And look where he is three years yeah, later. Yeah, he's adjusted. He's adjusted. He's Tremendously. And Jay Bruce ad- adjusted a little bit, too. Yeah, not, not as much. No, but he he started going the opposite way a little bit. He did try doing some things. Yeah. How could you not well, when you see Vardo doing it successfully? Yeah, well, right. It can out, be done. You're, you're groomed and grown up as a power hitter, and that it's hard to get out of that, you know. And, and so that's why guys that are weren't groomed and grown up that way, when you get to the big leagues, we need a little power out of you, and so they have to make some adjustments to. Well, they love to yank the ball when they're a power hitter. I mean, look, yeah. remember Chris Sabo? He was yeah. right on top of the plate. He pulled everything. Yeah. But I saw Pete Rose interview, and he, he talked about his frustration with hitters when he watches them a whole season long where they don't make adjustments while they're being pitched, like in the case of Jay Bruce, they're being pitched away, 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 and they keep chopping it into the ground and not making an adjustment and going with the pitch. He just couldn't understand that. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. You're paid to do it for a living. Right. Everybody's pitching you outside, and you're still pulling the ball. Remember, all right, the shift. All right, the Pirates are known for their heavy shift. I can remember years ago, remember the Royals had a guy named John Mayberry. Yeah. That's the first time I remember the shift. 
And I can remember the announcer saying, if he would just bunt the ball hard down the third baseline, he has a double. And he wouldn't. And we need our hitters to take advantage of the shift. I was reading an article That's going to happen eventually. Somebody's going to do it and it's going to start making it happen and everybody's going to start doing it. That's why this stuff happens. And that goes back to discipline. Be disciplined. I, I just wish we would had more players that could be that disciplined. Well, the great players, I think, do make the adjustments. Yes. Because, you know, they get a line on a, on a hitter, right? Well, the line on this guy has always hit him high and tight or low and away or off speed away. You know, they have this line on them. And some guys adjust and still can hit 300, right? Other guys, they never adjust. Yeah. Rotation. You said Homer's going to... Maybe you thought I read last heard. night he's supposed to throw off the mound. Where'd you read that? Day. Uh, probably on Bleacher Report. And then Di Scalfani, I heard a couple, he's been slowed by a couple more weeks from he's his. He's not coming back till June. I read probably a couple June. weeks ago. Yeah, and it's even maybe worse now. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they've been how many? There's been like nine guys make their major league debut, I think, with the Reds this year on the mound. The past two um, years has been a lot. It's been a lot. Uh, they got a ton of pitchers. And we see flashes of brilliance probably from all of them, you know? I, I, Every one of them had all, at least one good not, not some of the guys they picked up off of waiver wire or whatever and brought in to fill holes. I don't, I'm not talking about Ross Ollendorf and guys like that. I mean, <laughs> guys that have come up through the system, they've been grooming, and... You know, you see these moments of brilliance, but nobody... I mean, even Amir Garrett looked great, and then he got bombed. Of course, that happens to everybody. Yeah. The key is how he comes back from that again. This next game, yeah. Is he pitching... Was he supposed to pitch today? Who? Or was Arroyo. he pitch again? Arroyo was supposed to go... Oh, yeah. Quick, quick There's note. A funny if they were playing we were today, to that today... If they were playing today, Cozart was in the two-hole. Really? Mezzarocco had a day off. It was good to see him back last night. Barnhart was hitting in the eight-hole. Peraza in the seven-hole. Okay. All right. Well, so we had Hamilton, Cozart, Vado, Duvall, Suarez. I would like to see maybe a four-five switch, but you certainly understand. Well, it's keeping to, Duvall in the four hole. Regardless of Mezzarago sure. coming back, it's common to give a catcher I'm, a day off, game, day game off after a night game, anyways. So. I might switch Duvall and Suarez though, right? Where they ha- where they have them? You mean Duvall? Suarez four and Duvall right. five? I, I I'm fine right now with the way both of them are playing overall. I I think you don't lose much, what you gain quite a bit is Suarez has been hitting much better. Yeah, and that, that'll make people pitch to Joey more. Yeah, but, you know, maybe the idea is Suarez is protecting Duvall a little bit, try to get him going. Who knows what managers think. And But I think right now, so the four five six is always a key spot, a key thing to think about, right, is how you're going to produce guys are going to really be productive. Duvall, Suarez, Shebler, you know, I don't know if all three of those guys could just be nice, good, solid players. They don't have to win MVPs. Mm-hmm. Every year one of them's an all-star, maybe two of them, you know, has that great start. Makes just solid like players. Duvall did last year. Suarez, one of those guys can have a great first half and be an all-star and, and just be, you know, be, um, you don't have to be Eric Davis. Um but you need to be what what I'm trying to think of somebody. I mean I mean Perez was a was a Hall of Famer, well, so that's Brandon Phillips. You I need mean, to be Brandon Phillips with more home runs. If, if three guy you get three guys in the middle lineup like that, in this day and age you can win a lot of games. And if but part of their production and run production is it's not all it's not all under their control. 
right? Somebody's got to be on Somebody's base. Somebody's got to be on base. And right now, the top of the order is just not getting on base, except for Joey. So Joey's I always th- going to get on base. The other guys, I don't know. So I would say maybe Cozart. shift Cozart to, to lead off, except the problem with that is he probably won't be with us. Well, I don't for know. The second I half don't of know the what's season. gonna happen with that. The way you know the fat, the quick, the good start made it feel that way. Now the way this is is like maybe, maybe not. It's what are they gonna get offered? He'll never be worth more than he is right now. Yeah, probably. I don't know who needs a shortstop right now. You know, so right yeah. now, well, right all star break coming all-star up. Break, someone injuries. Somebody right. breaks their leg. Right. So. All right. So we like to do a lot of trivia. Or Kim does, anyway. We all do. We all do. But he likes to throw out trivia questions. So, we're going to have a Twitter handle, Twitter account with this podcast. It's going to be called at 3 Old Reds Fans. That's the number 3 Old Reds Fans. And by the way, I'm not, well, I'm not the oldest one here. But I'm not the oldest one here. Oh. I am. Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just had the boyish good looks. <laughs> we get well, that. well, actually, we all have a face for radio here. So. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> very true. <laughs> um, at any or podcast is the case maybe, yeah. which is kind of like radio, right? Um, so, Kim has a trivia question, and we have no fabulous prizes to give away, except bragging rights. And we'll give you a shout out, maybe. We'll give you a shout out on the next, and we'll retweet your answer. So, the first whoever tweets at us with the answer first, and it can't be one of you guys. Um, or me will win the win the will be hailed the trivia master for the week or however often we get to do this. We've been wanting to do this for a couple of weeks. We finally got a chance to do it. So however often we're able to do this, we can't. We're not promising regular every Saturday or Sunday or Monday or to anything. Just now and then, whenever we can get together. And whoever does it will be declared the winner. There will be no prize except. Satisfaction. Satisfaction of knowing the answer. So, so, Kim, what is our first trivia question? Let's go back in time. Well, of course, Let's go approximately trivia. forty-three years ago. Oh, now, you're, one you're more giving hints. That, you're giving hints. Approximately. Because he doesn't really. He can't Who? add. Let's talk about the designated hitter. Because we we differ on the the value of the designated oh. hitter. And the I love, bring me the DH in the National League, please. But let's not try to digress here. Who digress. That's progressive. was the first National League designated hitter? We won't give you any hints. We talked about this before we went uh, on the air, so to speak. Who was the first National League designated hitter? That's a good one. It's a good trivia question. It's a good one. I know the answer. <laughs> Of course, I often do. However, so oh, you're getting a phone call. I can't answer that. My right. mom. It's your mom. Hey, mom. And you said no. Say oh, hi, mom. Oh, oh. No, you should not be here. Oh, you'll get back to her. You'll get back to her. Okay, guys. Any any last uh, any parting shots? Last thoughts? You're not going to do. We're not going to do a nickname or anything, Jeff. Oh well. Yeah, I've been trying to come up with nicknames for all the Reds. We need a little more time. time. Really, you know, you can't force these things. If the Reds are postponed today, you don't have to give your nickname today. Oh, okay. It's not a good thing you could tweet with us about. It's a good nickname for a Reds. Good nickname for a Reds player. Current Uh, Reds. Current current Reds. Yeah, we're interested in that just because we, well, we have lives, but in some ways we don't have a life. (laughs) 
What did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I burnt the butter in the skillet while I was preparing for this podcast. I got distracted, and all of a sudden there was smoke in my kitchen. But we digress. But we digress. Pizza. Pizza. Yes, I four uh, leftover slices of Colonial. So... So However, three old Reds fans around the corner from Beans. Yeah, we're around the cor- just around the corner from Beans and um, sitting here trying to fit, have, figure out how to end this thing. So any any last thoughts? Go Reds. Go Reds. Uh, let's let's get the starting staff healthy. Let, yeah. Let's get Dee Sclafani back. Uh, I'm not counting on anything on Homer Bailey. Let's get Brandon Finnegan back. And Maybe get him back while we're still in contention. Maybe still only five or six games out. Yeah. And let's see if we can't figure out Cody Reed. Oh, my. Not feeling it. I don't know. Give it time. Got to give it time. Reed and Shebler, who are you feeling it better? Neither. Who? Haters. Neither. You're a hater. Neither. You're a hater. <laughs> All right. With that, we will say goodbye for this first episode of the Three Old Reds Fans podcast. And... Know this that by the time we reconvene, Scott Shebler will be batting 275 and leading the National League in RBIs. Wow! No, he'll be leading. The, is, he'll be leading the Reds. He might be leading the Reds in RBIs because he is tied for second. Today is April 29, 2017. That's that's a bold step. That's, that's a, a bold, bold initiative. That is. He'll be, he'll be the yeah. yeah. Like and the his plus his WRC plus will be good. <laughs> and Kim has no idea what that means, but for you saber metric people, you get it. All right. Over and out.